0: hello everybody and welcome back to the fn story it's been a while i was taking a break not really i don't know what i was doing i have no excuses but we are back today and we have an amazing up-and-coming caster he even has caster in his name it's caster lash what's going on bro
1: what's up sbga you know it's it's the branding at its peak you know what i mean hey boom caster lash that's right but Hey, I'm doing good. Glad to be back. It's the, the first FN story since after the Invitational. So, hey, doing good. All
0: right. Hey, you, you brought it up. So let's let's dive in right about the Invitational. I didn't get a chance to really recap this on here. And then I think we did on the Fortnite podcast, but it was like a quick one. Not necessarily as much as I, I like to dive in. And then we did another one. Fun little tidbit. We recorded one. Didn't record right. Got scrapped, and we didn't record it. So, none of you guys will ever hear those conversations, but it did happen. Anyway, give me your, like, initial thoughts on the Invitational and all that good stuff.
1: I mean, I I did put out a a tweet about it after the Invitational, is that, I mean, Kami and Seti, just for those of you that do not know, they won the Invitational, but they were... they are the bit legit the best team that could have and did win the Invitational just because their their story is just that much greater like they've they've gone from in the mud to the highest of highs and now they're they're just riding that story but aside from that like Scented and Cold was cool to see do well especially Cold considering he's like one of the younger players like similar to a mustache where it's like that young gun fragger that's just like Grooving around, not necessarily gets all the spotlight, but still there, like, doing all the work, or at least a lot of the work.
0: Yeah, Cold is definitely a quiet guy, doesn't really put out a ton of content, just kind of keeps his head down, and while Scented has put himself in the limelight a couple of times, for better or worse, uh, either way, Cold has kind of stayed away from that and just kind of been a beast. And I think if I had to pick for, like, a best most improved player over the course of this year it would probably be him uh at least in na east i don't know we could dive into other things but to see him as a player i mean it just seems like every fncs we watch he's got one game where he clutches up and it's just like what did this this young man just do it's really cool to watch and you know, he's with uh, one of the, the better IGLs, if not one of the best IGLs in the world, definitely in North America. But it's a great pairing, and those two I was really excited to see. Is there the other team that stood out to me? Actually, do you, do you have any more to say about Cole before I start diving into everything else? Ah, go for it. Okay. Um, the other team that stood out to me was uh, Pegazine and Kitos. I, I knew going in they were going to be good. I watch them. They understand how the game is played and play it at the highest level for a region that doesn't seem to have the highest level available on a regular basis. And I mean no disrespect to Brazil, but Europe is the only region that has that regular high level of practice and I'm a big NAE stan. Um, Those two proved themselves and it was awesome to see. Uh, I believe ZEET and KBR were also two That showed up huge on day one, kind of fell off on day two, but nonetheless, showing Brazil is a real uh, top contender, which we haven't seen, I mean, clearly for three years, but it's cool to see.
1: It is definitely. I I like it, too, because it it gets to show up like every single person that wasn't watching all the the Portuguese broadcast or anything like that. Like, all right, everything's all one stage. We're all condensed here, so... You get to see exactly, and that happened during World Cup too. So where we saw King, I believe, was it fifth, fifth, tenth? He's top ten. Either way, (laughs) he did well. But yeah, did well. But it's similar. It's cool to see the similar storylines just lead up. And I I even I think I commented on something that Sundown put out uh, before the Invitational. Like I think it's gonna play out similarly, and it quite well did
0: and i think that's great for fortnite around the world just looking at it from like a global perspective you don't want it to just be one dominant region is the only one that wins everything and a lot of the time the narrative is europe's by far the best but we saw a smattering of na east we saw a couple of brazil and we saw eu now OCE, Asia, and A-West, get your shit together. It didn't go too well. Um, But nonetheless, there was three major regions competing at the highest level, uh, pretty much all tournament. And we did see some good games from those other regions, just not necessarily the consistency that you need to be able to win.
1: And it's interesting, too, like watching some of the the under regions, if you will. Like you mentioned the OCEs, right? And then... Seeing how they play, and you can see the, you can genuinely see the difference. I believe it was it was the storm fight, and going back to a little bit of cold and scented, where they took out uh, spy and F or spy and focus, right? That was the storm fight where cold and scented clutched up, where cold rebooted scented, and then scented kind of cleaned up the fight. But like, it was just kind of the the moment to me where it sculpted out exactly what the the pure difference is.
0: Yeah, I think that was a great example of, first of all, Cold is a freaking dog. Like, that man just balls. And again, we saw the clutch up, like we talked about earlier, but it also shows okay, Middle East, you're not there yet. You guys got some work to do. And one, I understand why the Middle East players took the fight. They kind of had to, because I think one of them got rebooted earlier that game. So they were trying to take out cold to kind of get themselves back in the game. But at the same time, like there's no shot cold and scented finish first. If cold doesn't clutch that up and go on, to, I think they got a top five that game. If I'm not mistaken,
1: I believe so. Yeah.
0: So massive turn. Um, and I, I guess the other, the big thing, theme was just the eu players pretty much stapled all over the top 10 they had 1 2 4 6 7 8 and then 9 and 10 were z kbr larson smite and larson smite is the other one that holy crap i did not expect them to perform well whatsoever being contested at grim gables aka shifty Did not expect them to play well whatsoever. Muzz and Looter are a great duo in their own respect. And also Larson and Smite traditionally have not gotten along and had their own issues playing the game. So it's funny to see them come out on top and work together because a lot of the time it seems like they're fighting one another before they fight anybody else. But they played unbelievably well.
1: I find it hilarious how that's a thing that happens in duos. I mean, we saw the season that Peterbott and Byla won FNCS. It's like they're going at each other before they're even taking off in the battle bus and fighting other people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> And to to see a duo of Smite and Larson come out of NA East and do that well, I thought I quite honestly thought it was going to be flip-flopped. I thought... It was going to be Muzz and Luder, they were going to be that team that would be like top 10 potential just because they had pr- that extensive prior chemistry throughout OCE, then back on NA East, and then OC split, right FNCS champion Muzz, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But to see that fight play out almost every single game was pretty cool to watch just based off of an uh, entertainment perspective
0: yeah and i think the big thing that helped smite and larson was that fight because they won it more often than not and traditionally the reason they even qualified to this tournament was because their storm surge plan has kind of just been to like sneak people right off like their rotation out of pois while they're fighting in pois and just take fights and they didn't even need to go anywhere it just came to them
1: too easy right (laughs) they're just apparently they're apparently the best i mean they're they proved themselves on the international stage now i'm like kind of interested all right what's what's working up here for chapter four
0: yeah do you think they play together wild guess do they play together next season if it's any kind of team mode
1: i mean let's be honest squads ain't happening (laughs) but 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 trios maybe i think it's I think it's possible, right? They, they've both been streaming as well since after the Invitational. They've both been playing together, so maybe.
0: All right, let's say it's duos, not trios. Are, are they running it back? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'll go yes, too. I don't know how you get 10th at, like, the biggest tournament in three years and don't run it back. But, again, they finished, what, like, third in FNCS and they decided to split?
1: True, true. So. Yeah, the- <laughs> For some reason Fortnite players just love to split after winning
0: yeah you, you can't can't do that well bro if you don't get first place it's over gotta go <laughs> find a new teammate
1: like <laughs> right. a highway
0: um I obviously the big piece we we haven't even talked about like the most epic moment in Fortnite competitive history we saw the ballsiest play the most epic play the I don't even know what to call it. The bravest play that I've ever seen from Queasy and Vino. They go ahead and decide game 12, were a couple points, I think they were like 14 or so points behind Cami and Seti. And instead of landing their normal drop, they go ahead land where Cami and Seti live. Queasy goes down. Seti goes down. It's a final 1v1 between Vino and Cami. Vino. My man, he has some of the most historic misses in Fortnite history. Tries to build a wall. Gets uh, probably a little shuddered by that. And whiffs a shotgun shot. Cami cleans it up. They win FNCS. Respect the move. Gotta assume that they win that. And hit that shot 99 out of 100 times. But it happens and the rest is now history.
1: and at that one of the greatest moments in Fortnite history which is just insane. and i think uh i always, i think <laughs> i've probably listened to it back about a ho- 200 times. legit. <laughs> just, just <laughs> replaying it, replaying it and i'd say the moment that sticks out most to me is just the the call uh by monster and jacob in that moment. like you can you could just feel the excitement, and to hear the crowd in the background as well in the same moment is just that much more sweeter. Just because, like, something that has never happened in Fortnite competitive history, on the biggest stage since World Cup, back in person events, and second place, which was first place throughout the entire tournament, basically, now no, the entire tournament until game yeah. eleven, yeah it it's just that much more immaculate and you you can't not you can't hate it like it's the the perfect decision that capped out the perfect finish
0: yeah it's sitting back and waiting and seeing if you win versus like trying to take the win from cami and seti and win the tournament yourself it's i have so much respect for that move because it's not doing what everyone else has done in the past and basically just trying not to lose but instead of trying not to lose, they go ahead and try and win. It doesn't work out. Hopefully, more people try that in the future and don't get dissuaded because of one single example. Um, but you talked about the crowd, and I, I know you, you were there, right? So, walk us through what happens when everyone starts to realize what's going on.
1: It was pretty much a big like a, a moment of a silence, right? It's just this this swapping cams observers seeing what's all spawned i, th- I believe it was like bakken and on one mr savage they were catching that all spawn throughout the entire time it's like oh okay that's cool and then you hear just Phew. you could you could legit hear a pin drop and then it's like oh, and then boom everybody's just like oh and the the moment that sticks out to me the most is when when vino it, it was like a little pat shot on the back hit him for like 20 damage with lever but you just hear like a squeal almost like everyone was like <laughs> oh! as, as you get that shot and this not even like was a knock at the moment but just those moments it's just that much more sweeter and then when it was kind of funny because cammy when when he won the fight he like lifted up his mouse and said he legit like hugged him and i believe it was uh i can't remember which admin it was but one of the admins from uh, the Blast team was like, all right, all right, sit, sit down a little bit, <laughs> which is just hilarious.
0: Yeah, th- they knew at that point that they won-, they won. I think they said after the fact they didn't exactly know who they were fighting until they eliminated them, which makes it even crazier because they're just like, oh, crap, I'm getting conned off spawn. And you don't know who this is. And then they got you beat too. Yeah, they did. They did get beat after at their own drop. And that was one of the, the critiques that I heard about them and pretty much why they've created these split drops is they're not a great off spawn team. That's just not what they're known for, but they've created a strategy where they don't need to be. So shout out to them for doing that. And hey, they, they showed people they're they're gooder gooder wow um they're better (laughs) than people gave them credit for
1: and the 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 funny thing is here to to just round out the 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 topic is that that game could have not happened at all because they had to restart the game i believe it was like one or two times where it was like the lobby and stuff and this was an issue that happened a little bit throughout the entire invitational throughout both days like they there there was troubles of players all getting in the lobby and all that and there was one issue with the one lobby where uh, I believe it was Queezy asked Vino, like, all right, are we doing this? And Vino was like, "Nah, we're not doing this, this game. <laughs> and then they had to restart the lobby. And then he asked him again. And it was just like, all full right, we'll go.
0: Yeah, that's one of those funny backstories you hear after the fact. And it's because the first time they didn't necessarily have they had a good bus for them to land sleepy and continue what they've been doing. And then the second one was one where it would make them, I believe, go across. So they would have to go from a spot where they'd be potentially vulnerable in the air. And then Vino's like, you know what? Let's do this thing. Um, And the the post-game interview from... Well, one, Cammy and Seti, it seemed like they've won so many games. They were interviewed the entire time. But the post-game interview from Queasy and Vino is also one of those moments that... As a fan of Fortnite and as an old guy within the game made me proud because they didn't just like complain, make mistakes, or make excuses, blame anybody else. They simply said, hey, we tried this thing. It didn't work. Respect to those guys. I I hope they understand why we did it. And, you know, tip your caps. You're good. Congratulations. But that was like the best interview I've ever heard, if I'm being honest with you, Lash.
1: Listen, we, we didn't get a we didn't get a Zexro moment interview, all right? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad though, because it, it shows where we've we've come from. We didn't get a, a calc answer, right? it will just shoot them in the head, right? We we got a, a educated, like GG's tip of the cap, like you said, kind of moment, like, alright, handshakes, GG's and that's the, the cool thing about being in this scene is just seeing how far it's matured based on the past three years, just online Fortnite strictly and then like them actually being mature competitors on the biggest stage which is just honestly immaculate to see because you get to witness that growth
0: yeah and one of the big things that I've been seeing from Vino is just like treat this like a job be a professional and that's wild to me because for the longest time Fortnite's just been people that are good play the game a lot and then win tournaments but now we're I guess four ish years into competitive Fortnite, a um, little over that if you start with Summer Skirmish or I guess Ninja Vegas was technically the first one. So yeah, like four and a half years, like right, 2018. Yeah, four and a half years or more. Anyway, Um, but people are taking this seriously. They're putting in the time, the effort. And we're seeing the game evolve um, well beyond where it started and you know, one thing I've talked about a lot on here and I know that you've listened is coaching. And it seems like, uh, although blood X doesn't want to be called a coach, he want, I believe prefers to be called a mentor. He, um, had a big influence on a lot of these players, helping them not just within the game, but becoming better people, uh, well-rounded people and understanding the opportunity that they have. So shout out to him as well. Not just the players.
1: And coaches, coaches don't, deserve enough respect i mean you just mentioned it you've talked about it like so many different times but they just they just don't like you see so many good coaches or mentors as as blood x like to say wait can i stop um, you
0: you said they yeah. don't deserve enough respect no uh, do, do, okay do. that's yeah, what yeah. i thought you meant just wanted to allow you to
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah don't don't want to take it out of context <laughs> but people like sven blood x right um they and um I can't, I, I can't with pronunciation, but it's uh it? Yes, Sch- yes.
0: Schlock-la- I, I don't know how to say his name either.
1: <laughs> either way, but they, they do not get enough credit for what exactly like they do. There's a reason why Cold and got third place on the biggest stage, right? There's a, a big reason why though Clicks and Dukes didn't do that well. There's a reason why their approval rate was so fast.
0: Yeah, I had the opportunity to sit down and and talk with Sven for like an hour before uh, on the Friday. And we just hung out, talked Fortnite. And it's just so cool to hear and listen to someone that doesn't necessarily understand. or I shouldn't doesn't necessarily have to play at the highest level, but understands the game at the highest level. And just talking through the strategies, how he prepared his teams and it's clear that there was game plans. I mean, he said there was something like five different plans for cold and scented off spawn based on what pars and rays did. And something clearly worked, Uh, which is just constantly incredible because there is all that time and effort. I mean, I know you're a sports guy and specifically NFL, the amount of film study those guys do is unbelievable. And to think now We have the unlimited ability of film study, essentially, within Fortnite. Should accelerate the game even further, but it's a lot of those micro things of, like, here's what one team's going to do and we can take advantage of. As opposed to, you know, if it's just you and I going back and forth, I could easily study you, you could easily study me. But it gets a lot more complicated in a game like Fortnite.
1: And the, the thing to kind of point out there is that you mentioned unlimited. Like, people don't take advantage enough of the amount of information you, you can take in in Fortnite. It's just, it's so a match with the, the VOD system you can do. And you can quite literally watch any gameplay that you want to. And you, you compare it to, to what we watch as, as like traditional sports, like a, a football, a baseball, right? of how you only get basically game day footage like that's that's really all you get you're not you're not scoping out what all the practice methods are of all the all the teams like all right we're, we're scoping and we got a spy right but that's
0: actually <laughs> illegal we've seen that happen before people get in trouble for it
1: <laughs> that's true that's true they try to do it they tried to do it got in trouble for it but like even then it's still that much more of what you can do which is why in the in the skills skill stealing and overall cap of Fortnite it's just going to consistently keep going up
0: i would agree i would agree and i love that we had time in between events to allow these players to prepare and do this because when you're going in like say you play semifinals on friday and then saturday sunday's finals you don't really have time i mean at that point, sleep is probably more important than watching several hours of uh, opponents and strategy. So to have a week plus of time to study the film, I think is going to allow players to make those different plays. Personally, I was expecting Cami and Seti to get taken advantage of because of the way they do their split. But then when I went back and watched how they played their split they were not going to allow that to happen, which is something that has happened to them in the past. And I think that's one of those learning moments where it's like, okay, uh, they did get picked off one or two times. I believe it was in trios when they had a big split in the cami split on the previous map. And now they've figured everything out. They're chilling. They're not going to get too far away and play everything super safe until they get to a position where they want to be, which, you know, again, tip of the cap to those guys because not everyone learns from their mistakes. Um, any other final thoughts on the invitational? And there's a lot to talk about, so don't don't let me just push on to the next topic. If you want to keep going,
1: nah. All I gotta all I gotta say is uh, hopefully that there is on the chapter four map, which is. Right around the corner, in two days is the event. So I'm hoping there's like a like a memorial kind of like all right, we got the Poland Wall here of the Cami Split or, or something <laughs> like that. It's just a little bit of a hint of of the FNCS Invitational 2022 champion, like we had with uh, the Buga and Aqua Nyrox trophies on the uh, Chapter One map. That would be cool.
0: Yeah, I hope they do something like that too. It would only be fitting. I know we do have legends landing and they'll probably get out in there, but let everyone see it. Come on. Like, let everyone see that. That lands. Uh, I, the hard part is though, we're getting an entirely different map in those other examples. We still had the same map for. Well, like one season, two, one more season.
1: Yeah, it was season. It was added like late season nine and then it was season X. And then season X was like three months long. So it was like gone right after that.
0: Okay. Well, Three months is now longer than most seasons that we have at this point. Chap- chapter three flew by, bro.
1: Facts, facts. It I was like, boom, gone.
0: Yeah i I feel like we played a, a year of this. I guess it has been pretty much a year, and then it just disappeared. And I mean, shame on me, but it feels like this map is just not that memorable. Like the first two had very many staples as the things that happen. And this one kind of just seems like it was. And it's not that it was bad. I think that's probably part of it. There wasn't a part of the map that was just like, this is so bad, I'm going to remember this rest of my life. But also, there wasn't really any like redeeming seasons where the map really played a big piece of what happened.
1: And the most memorable part for me is just simply the beginning of the chapter. Like, you got... All this this Spider-Man stuff, you got the the movable logs that we could take down POIs with, and then you just have everything's brand new, and it's, like, covered with snow, Tilted Towers is coming back, it's under ice right now. Like, that majority is going to pop out to me in my head, and realistically, the only POI that pops out as a a main staple is, honestly, Rave Cave. That's because it's just been on the map, and it's been a main part of, like, the storyline, if you will.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And I guess we got a ton of new mechanics, like zero build was introduced, sprinting, mantling, sliding, like all that stuff was kind of just added. And and that takes priority, I guess, in my brain as opposed to what happened in the map. So maybe that's why. Too much stuff. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would you argue it's more important, though? Would you say like the the more zero build stuff like that, like more in the game, but like more pushed outside of the game is is more important because i'd say so
0: i don't understand your question
1: like okay so the more general mechanics of the game right how the game itself develops as as game modes go like ui and stuff like that would you say it's more important than the actual like map in itself where it's just like full all right this is gameplay
0: oh one thousand percent i mean you look at it there's so many parts of most maps that are irrelevant yet that's where a lot of end games are going to be played and it really doesn't matter what map it's on but those mechanics are going to be staples forever so whether it's on the side of a mountain or an open space like sprinting mantling sliding all those are still in play versus what exactly the poi is um that it's ending in so yes inherently it is going to be more important
1: yeah that makes sense like there, realistically there are only like a couple games that I remember like I I remember the wrigley reboot round clutch it was around that like orchard area I remember when clicks missed his medkit. that was around like the the flush factory kind of area like there's very few moments where you actually like remember the the map and area where it happened
0: yeah well and the end games are pretty much so <laughs> They destroy everything in their path, right? Everyone True. is trying to refarm everything, so it doesn't matter if there's like buildings or things in the way. You don't see those really play a factor, other than like you and I moving through an end game. We get an extra fifteen mats because we just farmed a wall, and then everyone else continues tarping. Um, so yeah, I guess it doesn't. I've never really thought about that. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for bringing that out.
1: You just get a whole other layer. It's like an onion. You just keep peeling.
0: <laughs> the more you talk about Fortnite, the more you get out of it, right?
1: Exactly. All
0: right. So we kind of have. Let's let's wrap up chapter three first, and then we'll go into like what we think is happening in chapter four. So chapter three, Duo's the full year, at least from a competitive perspective. Then Chapter 1 was super spray-heavy. Chapter 2 had zero builds introduced, which pretty much changed the game forever. And then we had Chapter 3 was, in my opinion, the most balanced of all of them. Are we on Chapter 4? 3, 4 right season now? Season 4. Season Okay, four, yeah. season. Yeah, oh. season. Season. <laughs> season. Yeah, I meant seasons. I might have said chapters there. Um. But, yeah, I mean... It progressively got less spray-heavy, but then also we saw these brand-new shotguns and different things, which I somewhat appreciate Epic constantly trying to keep the game fresh, and they do. But at the same time, I am the competitive purist of AR, shotgun, slightly better SMG than an AR, and heals, and that's all we need.
1: Listen, all right, SVG is the guy that wants no movement in competitive. Okay? Yes. So, all right, all right, map movement, though. Like, are you are you a map movement purist? Like, where you have what we had this season, the balloons, or more like geysers and stuff like that?
0: I think it depends. I, I think this season was good for movement. I wouldn't say it was perfect. Obviously, we had some bugs with the balloons that, you know, it's going to happen. Um, I like geysers. I think those are a good like map movement piece. I think the slipstream's is a pretty good one. Um, the one downside about the balloons, although I like them as a movement piece, is they are such a dominant position if you're just chilling up there. And there's no real counter to someone that's up on a balloon. Other than that, I, I do like map-based movement.
1: Okay. Okay. Just just wanted to get that that one out of the way because like no movement is, is kind of rough and it, it's interesting too because we had more movement being tossed in like right before the invitational too. It's like all right, you got launch pads and shield bubbles, which shield bubbles that, that was cool because it created one of the one of the best moments where we saw just Seti just on a boat just zooming by the map. But besides the fact, like as far as that goes, I, I agree with that. Like the little little hints of movement kind of tossed in there and similar like bouncers to where like you have I've heard this many times before I'm not sure exactly from who but like it's it's balanced in the fact that it has a very good upside but it also has a very bad downside like you're too if you bounce it off in the wrong spot you're gonna get beamed like you're just flying up to the sky and it's like oh free refresh like that's the the kind of stuff that works well and also like the fun stuff like shockwaves except the part that it break builds and causes server lag but stuff like cars back in season two and then when they removed that to help the performance of servers like that completely makes sense but as far as the the meta in it itself of like weapon based i i don't know i don't know if it's just me based off of the last two seasons but they felt they felt very balanced but they also felt dry in a sense
0: um yes and I don't think that's a bad thing
1: true, um true.
0: I, I do think that because it's inherently Fortnite and the way the game blew up we will constantly need some sort of change and tweaks but I also don't think we need craziness every <laughs> you single don't need season guns are competitive? <laughs> Bruh. no <laughs> No shot. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the the other piece you touched on was cars. And I, I think cars worked until they didn't. Until everyone realized <laughs> I can just bring a repair torch and a, a tank of gasoline and basically have an invincible vehicle to drive around in forever. Um, that was cool and until it wasn't. Like I liked when cars were being used as mobility and not as like a tank in Endgame um so if there's a way that that could be balanced without it being a complete destruction of endgame servers yes um that's another piece of mobility i'm cool with
1: and the funny thing is too because the season prior it was like it was right on the cusp of like all right people are starting to figure this out because you had like teams uh, of cold and scented and then buga and miro that are just flying around and then they had their tarps and an end game where they're just like, all right, we're chilling, we position ourselves with the cars, we're good, we'll play our game now. And then, in like, I think it was mid season three, you just see people running around, cow catchers on the front of their trucks, just bulldozing everything.
0: Yeah, I have a clip from, I think it was chapter three, season two. It's an end game. It was one of, like, the earlier tournaments before it was FNCS, maybe, like, a cash cup or something. And the end game is just this one guy running around in a truck and just destroying everything, just circles, destroying everything. And that was, like, one of the first few people I got it. And then a week later, someone at Epic must have seen, like, what is happening. They're like, guys, I know we wanted vehicles in the game, but these players have found a way to use them that is just not the way we intended we we have to take them out
1: i feel like that's that's a constant that just happens in fortnite like we mentioned it earlier like the, the game is always developing as the p- players figure out different things it's like some things that just don't go as planned i guarantee you building was just not at all thought up to what it was gonna be or what it is
0: no, no shot. There, like, there's no way someone thought you were going to be doing quad edits on somebody and then shooting them with the shotgun after piecing them. Like, I just have... I don't believe that anyone could have ever thought we got to where we were. And, I mean, part of that's because they mistakenly turned turbo build faster than they initially intended, which then was reverted and then brought back to the mistaken time of turbo build, because the game without builds at this point or at this stage just doesn't feel right. And it's, it's so like captured. The game is builds, right? Like if you just don't have the ability to build immediately, one players recognize that they know by the feel of it. And then two, even just watching it, it doesn't look the same.
1: And I think, were you talking about, like, season... Because I believe they, they tried to revert it back in, like, season X. And then it was just like, no. Yes. <laughs> We've gone too far with this. Now, all right, we got to go back.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Is when, for, like, a day, they were like, yeah, we turned Turbo Build back to the intended amount. And I think it was, like, .0015 seconds. And it was actually 0.0005 seconds or something like that was the intended time. And that actually makes a difference. It it may seem insignificant, but it makes a huge difference when you're just trying to hold a wall against somebody shooting or trying to build a 90 or something like that. And your builds don't place right away.
1: True. True. Now, do you think we get anything, like, as far as, like, kind of going into, to like, chapter four, kind of, like, predictions, if you will, as far as gameplay going? Do you think we get anything major gameplay changing that's just going to something like a, a mantle or a slide, something like that?
0: Yes, I think we have to, right? Because think of what... There was no swimming in chapter one. Then we got swimming in chapter two, and that was a huge piece to start the game because the map was entire pretty much entirely flooded in chapter two. Then we got zero builds in chapter three, and we got all those new mechanics, sprinting, mantling, and sliding. Now, I don't know what it could be. Like I, I couldn't even begin. Do you have a guess as to like what they're going to add that's like the next piece?
1: I I don't really maybe I I I saw this as a concept actually the I think it was like a day ago or something like that where you can where you can like dodge similar to I know there's been certain certain games in the past where I've seen where you can like duck and roll to the side and then like do that but you have like a stamina bar similar to what the the tactical sprinting I think that could be pretty cool like where you're you're like tuck and roll over and you can like hunch down almost like not a full crouch but something similar to that i feel like would be pretty cool and like actually doable
0: so like in fighting games like a roll mm, yes. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. you're talking about yeah now we've talked about there's reasons to why the other mechanics have been added what do you think the reason would be for that addition
1: increased movement right because if you think about it box fighting has been the same pretty much since i'd say early chapter two where all right hack on back a wall put a ramp behind you and you phase in the wall like and you get in the box like and boom you get controller player right there yeah controller player or or you got someone pickaxing your wall and you have pre-edits right like like a malibu mustache classic or you just roll through everybody and you hit the same person right it's been relatively similar, but this very well could change it. You can't like think of it, you can't slide in a box really. Nobody's really tactical sprinting in a box, and you're obviously not mantling in a box. So think if you, you had an opponent, you just duck roll, dodge the shot, and then boom, you gotta miss Dobbin and Weave insane endgame moment.
0: So my initial thought like the thing went I I didn't see that leak, but like dodging means to me that they're adding some melee combat. So instead of just a pickaxe, maybe you put your pickaxe away and you can, like, punch people. And it does, like, more damage than a pickaxe. And that's why dodging has been enabled. Boom. I n- I leaked it all. <laughs> I am now a leaker. It's over. <laughs> Goodbye at my career.
1: Just fully gone. <laughs>
0: now but thoughts on that like what if they added you know how apex you can put your gun away you can run faster what if they're adding that along with the ability to melee instead of pickaxe
1: i don't think that's a bad thing but like how much how powerful is it because you don't want to my thing is in the in the melee aspect is you don't want to go too far into the deep end like we ain't going full back infinity blade i can tell you that for sure but you also don't want to have it where you're you're hitting a pillow on somebody and it's not like obviously we're not gonna have like over in because then that completely scraps over what all the weapons damage does right that's just insane to happen but i digress with that it's it's gotta be the perfect situation in my mind to be able to do something like that because you have to have it in the balance of everything else.
0: So what if it's 25 damage? So instead of five hits with a pickaxe, it's down to four with melee.
1: How fast are you hitting though? Is the question. Cause there's similar things to that. There was the, like a Hulk mythic back in chapter two, season four and one of the LTMs. And it was like decent, but somebody that's, Right there, just hitting you headshots, easy time. It's like, is that really good enough to actually be in there? And like, how much damage are you doing to walls? Because there's like, there's there's Ooh. weird factors. Because you mentioned like, there's things that pro players figure out how to do, and it's just like this was not intended, and it's breaking things. Hmm.
0: I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Maybe no. I figure the pickaxe probably does more damage to walls, so. You leave it to, like, kind of irrelevant to walls. Maybe it just only does 25 damage to both people and objects. So it's, like, better than a pickaxe for an off-spawn fight. But it's also worse than a pickaxe if you're trying to, like, take somebody's wall or break something.
1: Could be good. I mean, there there's a lot of things. They have it's interesting how it works because they have like almost an unlimited pool of things that they could just kind of take ideas from from save the world as far as like the melee stuff goes and in that aspect and then just implement it, kind of see how it works in actual Battle Royale. And I think it could work as far as a a game mode of, of Zero build because we mentioned the builds kind of like, it's a very... It's a very fine line to have to cross in that just moment where it's too high of a skill ceiling in my mind that you just it's it's kind of hard to break that down a bit.
0: All right. I will leave it there. We went on such <laughs> a tangent there. I, I love it, though. Um, all right. Let's now talk about, like, chapter four, expectations. What kind of map are we getting? What's the meta looking like? All this stuff. Like, what do we think? Give me your... This is what's about to happen in chapter four ideas. All
1: right. So, I'm I'm saying right now, all right? Chapter four is going to be a... Basically combined version of different kind of mats with a little bit of like new stuff, with new mechanics and stuff like that, similar to chapter three, but a little bit more of upper echelon, if you will. Now, as far as meta goes, I would like to see a little bit more of the classic kind of weapons to tie along with that. As far as the storylines goes, like maybe we get the OG pump shotgun back with, uh, I saw this somewhere where, where it has the, the striker kind of stats, to where it's balanced and everything in between that, was that. A
0: cypher pk video
1: yes 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 and that would be pretty cool and then you have little little dabbles of the like i said og kind of vibes but then you kind of toy along with new stuff and combine that into a good solid meta maybe we have i've been saying this for ages please make it happen epic <laughs> <laughs> I, I want impulse grenades without breaking builds or uh or Sorry, uh, shockwaves without breaking builds or impulse grenades without fall damage. Both of those would just be awesome. They would be perfect rotations. Just, just putting that out there. But I think similar to that, that would be pretty good for all sorts of game modes, like public matches or competitive. They both work. And I just want to say this now. Um, one thing that I don't, I don't get, of people saying that there needs to be a, a a divergence of loot pools from public game modes to complete competitive. I don't believe it needs to be fully split because a thing that has been an issue in the past, or it has, it is somewhat of a, a conquering issue now, is that when a new casual gamer jumps in and they they play the regular game, like they they hop on their their PS5 after their 5 p.m. shift. And they're like, all right, let's hop in some games. And they're hopping in with their squad. They aren't seeing and playing the same thing that the competitive players are. Therefore, when they tune into FNCS and they see what's this, what's this, what's this, they're clicking off.
0: So at first, I thought I was going to disagree with you. But after explaining (laughs) yourself, I I very much agree. Um, I don't think that the competitive and pub loot pool should be split but i do think that the competitive loot pool should just be a dumbed down version of whatever's in pubs so there's not or there is everything that is in competitive in pubs but there's not everything that's in pubs in competitive that makes sense
1: yep we do not need to goo guns in competitive that's a fact
0: <laughs> we don't need goo guns in pubs either but that's a whole nother piece Ugh. uh actually i shouldn't say that i shouldn't say what goes in pubs because i'm not a player that plays pubs other than this past week i've been challenge grinding as you know
1: yeah true that true that for those of you that are listening we we have been squatting together and challenge grinding Get our, getting our levels up before the end of the chapter
0: big <laughs> challenge grinders um all right now we talked about kind of meta what map bigger smaller what kind movement no movement if movement what are we looking at um how many biomes do you want what kind of uniqueness like do we want old stuff do we want a whole brand new map what, what are we thinking here lash
1: i'm saying a full mix honestly i think we need new stuff obviously to to curate that little bit of of well newness freshness in our minds and then we need some of that like nostalgic stuff. And like you, you mentioned on the, on the Cypher video, like, yeah, that's, that's pretty much where i I agree pretty much with everything that he said. Like, all right, we need more of that, like existing feeling of that nostalgia. Like he, he mentioned how Greasy Grove, like you can hardly really tell it's Greasy Grove anymore. Cause it's changed so much. Therefore the point of nostalgia is kind of lost in that expense. And as far as new stuff, like i said you need that and then i think map is gonna be similar size i think it'll be a little bit comparable to chapter one though a little bit bigger possibly okay what are you thinking though
0: um so first of all if you guys are wondering what the cypher pk video is because depending on when you listen to this it may not be so top of mind it's a video called Dear Epic Games. Dot. 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 Also, his video right before that, the entire history of Fortnite animated. That's really good. Go check that out if you haven't. The um, full just cipher PK ad, I guess, right there. Um, but I'm I'm of the same mind. I love mixing in old POIs. One thing that I would love to come back is the block. I know we've well advance beyond creative simply just being the block. But I think that's a good way to get people involved in creative. And as much as I've been a fan of Fortnite and went since creative co- has come out, I've said this pretty much nonstop. The future of Fortnite is creative and the long-term success of Fortnite is in creative and having people brought into that ecosystem with, just a little POI that someone created. And then you know you have their name on it. We put a map code somewhere. That it's it's own map. If you want to go check it out. Boom that would be perfect. Um, so that's one piece. I want the block back. Two. I want at least four different biomes. I want snow, desert. I want some kind of like forest like thing. And then I want some crazy thing that they add. That I don't expect. Like. The uh what what is it? Like the mushroom area? I think that's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. Like there's a place on the map where you get shield and health and all that kind of stuff and things are decayed or even the chrome. I thought that was a really cool idea. I want something like those two. Just don't throw the same thing right back at me and be like, we're having another chrome season. (laughs) So that's pretty much where I'm at. And I, I do want map based movement. The one thing that I think we've kind of missed is boats. I think boats, if there's some more waterways through the map, would be more helpful because in chapter two, we pretty much had like a diamond or star of waterways going all towards the center of the map. And this one doesn't necessarily have that at the same way. So more water, some kind of ability for people to move. Uh, Thoughts on that?
1: I like that. I like that. And uh, I want to I wanna tap into the, the creative side of things. So they did do that a little bit this season with uh, Tilted Towers, where they, I think they might have actually called it Block 2.0, but they, when it got completely destroyed by the, the IO or whatever it was in the storyline, they were like, all right, here it is. Creators, go do your thing. And then they rebuilt three buildings, and then people had to go in and spend gold or something, whatever, to vault or not vault uh vote in game and then you could it was basically community voted based off of all right which building do you like best that people in creative they built it and now it can be in game and it was introduced but it felt too underwhelming the block you knew it was there it's like all right we're dropping block you knew it was changing every week but that was like more of a all right here it is a little a little snippet basically of all right, it's cool. It, it you can like click there's a little like sign in front of the building where you, if you have, interact with it, you can like click their supporter creator code and apply it, but it's not to where it it can be. And I believe that in the introduction of whatever the Unreal Engine Creative 2.0, whatever you want to call it is is going to be added. I do believe that is going to become more of a possibility to where we can get that. Like maybe an entire piece of the map is designed by community vote of creative. Like I believe that is a very big possibility based off of the scale that it can be done.
0: Okay. The, the one buildings, that's a cheap one. I don't even count that. I know it is a piece and I don't mean that to be disrespectful to the people that made those buildings, but we used to have a full POI don't don't kind of come at me with a single building in Tilted that no one's going to remember and pretty much has to be like a similar build because I, I did look at that the other day and they're like all just white square buildings and there's some variance in it. Um, anyway, let's now talk about tournaments. We know there's an FNCS in February. And we had the introduction of Divisional Cups. But for next year, if you had to pick n- – not pick. That's probably not the w- right word. <laughs> if you could envision your own kind of like competitive ecosystem for the year, what is Caster Lash on Twitter? Give him a follow. What are you building?
1: All right. Somebody's got on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I'm going – honestly – I think a a in between kind of system where you go set lobbies, not or not uh set lobbies, um set regions, region locked. We talked about this a little bit yesterday where you have specifically the best of the best players competing and you have that rank up system possibility throughout the week and then it develops that consistent storyline to a fncs qualifier and then you have let's just speak on the fact that it's going to be the same kind of fncs and maybe we get an in-person event whatever uh as a a lead-up to that but nevertheless in that you you develop what the players did how they're doing with and then having i i've been saying this for a while having a not necessarily a digression if you will if you change duos to where like all right you want to change your duo you got to go back and then you have to develop that with your next player so that way it kind of ties into the fncs storyline so that way it can help on the analytical point point of view so i think a mixture of the two and then having something similar like cash cups like we've had this past season late game if it returns so
0: that's why i'm building okay so let's touch on a bunch of that one i think the best way to get people to stick together is to reward them for sticking together um and finishing top three in an fncs i think is good i think they should then be automatically qualified to the next grand finals although the one problem is they essentially don't get practice in lead up to the grand finals and that's almost a detriment in doing that. So that's an imperfect system with kind of a perfect outcome, but the in-between is not there. So we got to think of something else. Now, what if it is the team that has been the most consistent over the FNCS then qualifies to the LAN or the in-person event at the end of the year. Like it, say we have the same system as last year, right? Or 2020 this current year. So, mm-hmm. But we know going into it, like top three from this region, top eight from Europe, whatever it may be. And there's one spot or let's let's say five or one spot per region. Right. So we, we lessen the numbers and the most consistent team throughout all the FNCS is if they've stayed together, then also gets a spot as opposed to just a team that finishes top whatever during one what FNCS that to me, is probably the best way to get people to stay together.
1: I like that. I like that. And as far, I think, if we mimic the 2021 competitive year and then kind of twist that into what we know now, I think it would thrive. Because think about it. We had, in 2021, we had the, let's see, it was the Chapter 2 Season 5 FNCS. And that was the biggest numbered fncs season that we've had in i'm pretty sure that's the biggest number fncs season actually what do you mean
0: biggest number
1: like as far as viewership goes and then um as far as like players and all that goes and then gotcha we had where it qualified in where we had the chapter two season six fncs where both of those led up into qualifying for the all-star showdown which was which had the solo event but it also had the creative like challenges events. I think that was really cool to where you kind of digress where you had trios and then you move into solos where it's like, all right, this is a big event. We have all of our best performing players. Let's see how they do in a, a set lobby of a different kind of game mode, kind of test their skill. And then you move back into trios and have Grand Royale where it was, uh, I believe that was three total FNCSes of Grand Royale after the All-Star Showdown. I believe that was a really good system and especially with in-person events back in the mix. I believe that would absolutely bang. Hmm.
0: So Grand Royale be like the, I actually like that, you know, instead of the invitational, it's Grand Royale and everyone qualifies. You have like X amount of people able to qualify through FNCS. And then there's like one spot saved for the most consistent team in each region and then one spot saved for like a winner take all one week long tournament of like fncs grand royale qualifier plus dude that all-star event was actually really cool and i think that was a great way for one I think All-Star events in sports are dumb, but they also do a great thing, which is bring a lot of the players together and kind of shine a spotlight on just how good these players are. And within Fortnite, I don't think it is going to degrade into what we've seen in other like the Pro Bowl for football or even the NBA, like All-Stars is not really that competitive. It is, but it's not. They don't play defense. They just shoot. Um, Now sorry I probably hurt someone's feelings get over it <laughs> now if we do that in Fortnite, where we got the skills challenge that is in a map that people can play and you know the, the pros are putting up like 1 minute 30 seconds and you're doing like a 300 3 minute and 40 second run of the same map then it's like okay that that guy is significantly better than me and then we do the next challenge and the aim challenge they're getting so much more than you it just, like, it puts in comparison of your regular player that can play these maps of, I can't mimic an endgame of what these guys do, but I can mimic a singular skill and they are that good, so it just puts it into perspective. I would love to see that, especially, like, in person. We do some sort of, like, all-star invitational. It doesn't even have to be, like, 100 players. It can be less. It can be more. It could be 1,000. I don't care. It's not my money. Let's... <laughs> let's get three million players and find out now um but likely it could be less than 100 right like each something that would even be cool is each region gets like an all-star vote so we get like three voted in play or three players or something from each region due to some like actual in-game thing and then you do fan votes and other people get invited boom greatest fan of all time
1: true true i i like that too because it it creates more of like a a fun environment i feel like we definitely need that a little bit like it's not all like serious this is everything i feel like you need that little bit like all right here's our our spice it still is like hop echelon competitive but it's like all right this is our like super fun event of the year you get a little bit of you get more an audience kind of involvement that would be really cool where you you have those community votes. i know we get a little bit of that taste with the with your uh, competitive awards. That'll be uh, later this year, but that stuff is super, super cool because you get everyone involved.
0: Yeah, I just came up with that on the spot. Boom, hire me. I'll put it together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, – I would love that, and I think your whole system of, like, the FNCS, like – 2021 being implemented in 2023 with the in-person aspect of it that would be awesome as well now let's talk about game modes you gotta pick one and it's gotta be big team battle why is it big team battle or team rumble and why is that the most competitive mode
1: uh 50 50 is just simply the best game mode. i mean are we we even comparing this (laughs) you don't have to continue (laughs) so you can actually
0: answer the question like a normal person and not like how i deal with things
1: (laughs) nah come on what do you mean everyone's agreeing with 50 50 competitive mode 2023 nah honestly add that to the all-star event 10 players from
0: each region a 70-man lobby you can do 11 i guess whatever the math works
1: <laughs> why are we talking about this, <laughs> this right. Not a bad bad idea. game mode all right all right all right all right i think along the lines of what we had in 2021 like we just mentioned i think we have a solid consistent game mode of trios boom and then you have little aspects of smaller yet bigger kind of events that aren't like oh your everyday cash cut but they're still like a million-dollar prize pool or whatever for this, like, a Royale-type game where you have solos in the mix and then you have duos in the middle of the year tournament. Something like that would be, like, epic.
0: Do we keep the divisional cups?
1: Partially. Partially. Like, kind of, uh, like I said, a storyline block like where we get a specific taste of what our set lobby, or not necessarily the set lobbies, but what our best duos are getting to look like.
0: Okay. So trios still got the divisional cup and then like other, maybe their third party dream hack, like events that have some significant prize pool. Um, You said solos. So this season was kind of the first season we had like no solos. And to me, that's the best. Like I, I understand solos need to be in part of the ecosystem, but at the same time, (laughs) (laughs) that's how i feel so are you adding solos back to the game
1: yes only because with some regulations because it can be done at the the highest of tiers where you can regulate what exactly is going on in solos i believe it can be done at the highest level now for a solo cash cup I I do agree with you. It's kind of just like, uh, this is just, I don't know. I do believe it's needed for, like, the players that can't find teammates or they're just trying to start it out or something of that nature. I do believe it's needed in some sort of sense, but not in the sense that it's been built in the solo cash cup sort of format.
0: That's the only thing I would put in. I Like, solos for cash cups, awesome, cool. You get your placements in solos, boom. I... Proved myself in solos. I can now find a better teammate. All right, perfect. You're probably not a good duo teammate anyway. Nonetheless, um, I don't like large tournaments based on solos. I I think particularly for like a dream hack, I know it makes the most sense because you're going to get the most signups. You don't have to find a duo. Both you and your duo don't need to pay in order to be able to play the event both don't need to be able to get there like you just need you and that makes sense for dream hack so i'm kind of cool with them those staying as solos but at the same time let's not have them be solos um because i would love like say we get trios next year let's get like duos or squads for dream hack say we get duos next year let's get trios or squads and see how that plays out because it should be a different dynamic we shouldn't have like dream hack mimic the same thing that fncs is just like at a different space if we have dream hacks maybe it'll be a different company or whatever but you get what i'm saying um that would be my prime way of creating the ecosystem
1: i like that i like that in a sense right like and something that i've kind of noticed and i thought about this yesterday is that game mode I believe has gotten to the point where it it doesn't matter as much as it used to be where you don't have as much importance revolving around exactly which game mode it is like you we so far we've gotten to a point where we know where our our best players will be no matter what like they've they've gone through solos duos trios squads and they're still here up at the top right Therefore, the game mode doesn't fully dictate the everything that it used to be. Like, where if you're, let's say, okay, for example, Chapter 2, Season 2, we had solos and duos. It was the first FNCS Invitational. Both looked very similar. Granted, we didn't have a broadcast for the duos version of that. But, like, going back watching content pieces, it relatively was a different manner of gameplay where in solos you just had Midas drum gun
0: boop, 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 and... <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: exactly. And then you had team like Zayt and Saf winning on NA East during that season where they didn't prioritize that at all. They just played their game, they played placement, they won the tournament. But nowadays where we see consistent solo gameplays, um, trying to think the most consistent solos we saw was last season we saw players like cam excel they excel the same exact way and do It was this legit almost if you watch back uh some of the vods i believe it was destiny's jesus has some of those um some of those content pieces up it was basically the same gameplay you played with bucky during that season so in that sense it really doesn't matter as much as it used to be
0: i think that's fair too and it always used to matter for like the general player consensus and now i think everyone just like we're playing whatever I'm going to play the game. It's just tell me (laughs) what I'm playing and I'll figure it out from there. And I also think the like singular game mode for a year has helped that because when you get these constantly cycling game modes, it's like you and I built up all this duo chemistry and now suddenly it's solos or it was trios and we just played a season of trios and the next FNCS is duos. And we got to go tell Panda like, bro, you ain't cutting it. You're dropped, chief. So it, it doesn't create that like interpersonal dynamic when you know it's consistent. And I think that's a, a big piece of the consistent game mode as well as just allowing players to excel. Um, I could talk Fortnite all day, Lash. <laughs> we this, we've easily gone over an hour. And now it's time for the three wrap-up questions. And I'm going to change them because you oh. <laughs> all right. you knew you're, you're a cheater who watches the uh, the podcast. No, thank you for doing that. And also, shout-out to anyone listening or watching. I appreciate you guys so much. First of all, what is your least favorite Fortnite skin? Mm, nah, just tell favorite. me your favorite one. Do, do it. All right,
1: all right. You know what? I'm going to go both. I'm going to okay. go both here. My least favorite is the slurp, the big chunky slurp skin. Resub just, skin. No, 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 not that one. No, 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 that one's good. That one's good. I'm thinking the uh, I believe it's Big Chuggis is what oh, his name yeah. is, but it's got like the, the slurp logos and the cans all over it. I'm just not a fan. Not a fan of that one. And then my favorite, uh, it is the Chapter Three Season One FNCS skin. the uh white yellow and blue style with the hooded girl skin that is just top tier
0: can confirm you wear that almost all (laughs) the time um all right i forget what my what what was my other question because i don't even remember it's been so long since i've done Uh, this where
1: my name came from oh yes so my name obviously we we mentioned it in the beginning of the podcast but the origins of it when i first created an account is actually my my first actual name was lash underscore dogs because it was both myself and my brother's account so the lash dogs essentially and then it kind of gotten to the point where once i started like getting into twitter and into the actual like content creation space. I was like, ah, I don't like having an underscore in my name. So I was just went through this like period of just changing my name, changing my name. It was just something random. And then I originally went back to Lash 1X and that started, that was where I initially started to catch a little bit of wind in the community. And back in January, 2021, when I first started casting, Was two months later. I'd say it was like, all right, caster lash, all in. All
0: right. And is that what you want to do? Like, have you're still young, so I'm gonna be that old guy. Like, what do you want to do with your life? (laughs) But like, what do you want to do with your life?
1: I, I don't have any other plans besides commentating. Like that, no matter what, I know it can transition into any. Now, granted, I've obviously only casted Fortnite in my. in my past, it's not even been two years, almost two years of commentating, and I don't see that going anywhere, especially, like like you said, at my age, like, I, I know I can do this, and I know I've built myself up to a, a a pretty solid point now, and that I can grow that to a much higher level, especially within the next year, and knowing that Fortnite's longevity is there, like... I, I know I can do this.
0: I think you can do too, bro. You do a good job. You you have the energy, um, and the knowledge is there. So keep doing you. I appreciate all the work you put in and it seems, seems like from everything, uh, you've been getting more and more opportunities and and they're much deserved. So keep, keep grinding, keep doing your thing, bro. You will be, will be getting where you want to be if you keep putting in the work
1: much love and respect to you too as well like hey i i know a lot of my 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 knowledge of learning about the space came from you i mentioned this like for those of you that do not know that are listening my first understanding of of knowing who svg is is watching a how to access fortnite replays video (laughs)
0: let's go that's my most watched (laughs) video The two, the top two are Fortnite replays videos on YouTube. Go watch them if you want to watch replays. Um, But that makes sense. Okay. You got the introduction through the replays and then you figured it out. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Lash. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Tell everybody where they can find you, what you're going to be up to, and why uh, everyone should go follow Caster Lash on Twitter immediately. (laughs)
1: So recently and upcoming is going to be big time content leading into chapter four, the new year. Lots of of big stuff coming as far as commentary goes, content goes. It's gonna be all here, and uh, if you want to, hey, follow me on all socials. It's just caster lash a hey, YouTube dropping as much as my commentary I can. And on Twitter, well, that's where I live, basically. All
0: right, you you heard him. Um, Thank you all for watching. And again, Lash, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. Uh, Make sure you go give him a follow, sub, whatever you're going to do, go do that. If you guys have any complaints, shoot them over to me. Send me a DM on Twitter, at Somebody's Gun. And if you guys want the FN... Uh, the comp awards. I was going to say the FN story. The 2022 competitive awards for Fortnite are going to be coming up soon. There will be more info, I believe, next Friday, December 9th, is when we're going to drop something for you guys. So stay tuned and uh, thank you all for listening. See you next time. Peace.